0: morning ladies and gentlemen crypto traders around the world we're back with our new schedule with our new style with our new cadence we've made some changes under the hood above the hood as we prepare for our eventual platform move as yet to be finalized but we've we're pretty confident that we will do it on schedule and then of course all the new things coming soon make sure that you stay up to date as things evolve CryptoTalkradio.net is our site where you can find all the podcasts as well as our form if you have any comments, questions, feedback, or suggestions. We welcome the smoke. As long as you're respectful, we respond all the time. And if you'd like to come on the show, if you're a token developer that wants to come on the show, we welcome that. We want to have the conversation. Understand, we had this conversation on Discord with somebody earlier who's invested in a token. We are a straight shooter in a world of sensitivity. And so All we look for is if our data and our points are incorrect, that somebody corrects us on them. And we have that dialogue, but we're not here really to tiptoe around things that we find fundamentally concerning. Because at the end of the day, we all want to help things succeed. We all want to see investments succeed, especially if we're invested in the project. So you've heard me on frequent occasions say, I like this project, I'm bullish on this project, but there are things we need to fix and change. That's because I may be invested or not, And I want to see them succeed. And if they don't want the smoke, it's their business. I can't force it. But I implore the investors out there, if you think that there's value in them coming on the show and hitting the smoke directly, tell them. Let them know. Speak with the voice. All they got to do is go to CryptoTalkRadio.net, fill out the form to be a guest on the show. We submit two forms. One of them is a release form that says, yep, we want you on the show. One of them is the scheduler. And then you're done. And then we get it done. We record it. Post-process it, and it'll be available on the follow-up episodes. One of the perks that I'm planning, if you remember my roadmap, and those who are not on Substack won't know what I'm talking about, but the current plan is to migrate the podcast to a new platform starting in March. That's the tentative plan. And notice, unlike certain tokens that I won't name, I'm not giving a specific date. I'm saying March because I don't know exactly in March when it can happen. There's a lot of nuts and bolts and testing and things that have to happen. It'll be seamless to you. You won't see that anything is really fundamentally changed. If you're you're going through iTunes or Spotify, if you're not going through the host, which is Substack, you'll not see anything change. It'll be the same experience that you've always had. What this does, though, is it empowers us to then position for April where we'll be introducing a side subscription model. This won't change the podcast delivery that you're talking right now. You're hearing me talk, rather. It'll only allow value-added services, one of those being the access to live so you'll be able to hear if we speak to a given crypto we will announce it and you'll be able to listen to it live the back and forth and we may consider doing something like a super chat or something if you want to show some support and show some love both to us as well as to the token in question we'll have a facility be able to do that but that'll be in the subscription model specifically because we want to we want to reward those people that have already you know invested in the token and invested in our success and moving forward It will not change any of the podcasts that you hear today. It won't change any episodes, won't change any schedules. Beyond this, change to Tuesday and Thursday, which is currently how Basic Cryptonomics is broken out. Gentleman's World, which is our other podcast, is every Monday and Wednesday. So if you're subscribed to both, you're going to get updates pretty much every day minus Friday. Friday is reserved for For the Love of Boxing. That's a different podcast. It's only on YouTube. So you won't have that in your podcast application today. However, if you are interested in the beautiful sport of boxing and you want that in your podcast application, send me that form, the comment form on CryptoTalkRadio.net, and I will strongly consider it if there's enough interest. Right now, it seems like the interest is mostly on YouTube, and it seems to be waning because the quality of fights, frankly, suck. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get into our day. We have a special guest today. And I'm not going to tell you who that is until come time. And I have a special gift for that person, which will be part of that introduction that you will hear. First, I'm going to make you wait. I truly will get you to the point, but I'm going to make you wait because there's a couple of things we need to cover. I covered this earlier on YouTube and it went out as a separate update, but I'll just briefly touch on it here. I've been attacked. I can only describe it as such over my coverage of liberal financial. And I was one of the first to cover liberal financial. And to date, they are the most popular videos on YouTube because people were interested in Libero's unrealistic growth and performance, and it continues to perform even now. And they've done what they told me. So I can only look and say they're still performing. However, we've said on YouTube, we don't believe in hold, H-O-D-L. We don't believe in it. We believe in taking profits because there's a risk, especially when it's a high risk asset in possibly getting taken or rug pulled or anything could happen or the devs just suck. So we believe in taking profits. We're not telling you what to do. We're explaining. And if you want that explanation in detail, check out our YouTube version. We have a 20 minute ish coverage where we specifically go into details about why we don't advocate the profit, you know, the hold over profit methodology. We think that taking profits is a better strategy for long-term success and preservation of your holding. It may seem counterintuitive, but if you think about it, if you're just holding for this, I put $50 in there and it's somebody to hit a million, deep, 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 That's up to you. That's your decision. We don't support it because it's rare that that lightning in a bottle can strike multiple times. Like the SHIB thing was an aberration. Certain people in Zatama were made rich, sure. Certain people in Floki were early, were made rich, sure. But we see that it's less likely to happen. And unless if you put in like five figures or six figures up front, it's extremely difficult to wait that long period of time because there's so many things that can happen in the middle that we're seeing less millionaires happen overnight like that unless they already put a lot of money in up front. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you if you're interested in why we don't support hold in a more detailed explanation, check out our YouTube from CryptoTalkRadio.net. It's a button underneath Basic Cryptonomics where you can see that and listen to it in its entirety. And then, of course, if you're interested and you think that the information in kind of shrunken form is of value to other people, please do like, share, and subscribe there as well so that people get that information. Some now have come out and said, you know, Titano is the future and Titano is the way to go and Titano is what we should be focusing on. And Titano has had two major issues recently, and this will be my only news for today because I want to dedicate time to my guest. So first, Titano had blacklisted a whale Basically, this person bought in it with $16,000 or something. And as Titano grew and it had exponential growth, he got up, and I'm assuming it's a he, got up to around $4 million. The Titano team blacklisted his wallet and treated the the tokens as burned, essentially. They sent an announcement out to the community saying, we made this decision, it was a hard decision, but we realized we got to do something different and we're going to need to change how we do this. And we're going to need to renounce some of these functions so that we don't have to be put in that position to make that decision but they felt like if he had he was dumping basically rightfully he made the profit it's his and they felt like it was harming the project and of course financially this is true i've said on and this was on youtube primarily that if he earned it and he put his money in there he's entitled to it and it's it's concerning not just that they can do it but that they decided to do it like i understand why they felt that obligation but it goes to the whole i have to protect you mentality that i've never been a supporter of so after this happened now As of yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, Certic, of course, the audit firm, reported that there apparently was a rug pull on Titano. And they broke down the details that the owner wallet had drained roughly $5,000 of BNB, which is liquidity. They had drained it out. And they had executed a mint contract. Fino Finance, which is one I was going to cover sometime today or possibly next episode, depending on another schedule we've got. Fino had called out and said, here's the breakout of how Titano, Libero, Fino, and all these compare and stack up. And one thing that they called out with Titano was the ability to mint within the contract. Titano team had said they were going to get rid of the minting with a new contract. They were going to redo the thing from scratch and fix all this stuff. Before they got a chance to, this drain happens. The Titano team responded and said their play application, whatever that means, I didn't look into it purposely, but their play application was hacked. Allegedly, this play application somehow gives you access to what they call uh, token or excuse me, tickets for Tatano tickets or something. And you can then burn them and claim Tatano tokens. And the hack quote unquote, cause we don't know if it's a hack was that they hacked this tool to get a bunch of the tokens and then essentially burned off all the tokens and then drained it. The problem with that, that explanation for the Titano team is that that wouldn't drain the liquidity that would be treated as a straight up burn. And we should see those transactions And we see in blockchain that the owner wallet is who executed this function that did the minting to create the tickets. Well, what I said on YouTube, and I'm summarizing here, is the owner wallet, the only ones who have the owner wallet is the developer. So unless some external force hacked that wallet, which is extremely unlikely, is it possible? Sure, but it's extremely unlikely. Chances are this is an inside thing. Either somebody in the development team that had access to that wallet chose to just go rogue, Perhaps they felt ethically, you know, morally obligated to do it, given what happened to the whale. Like we don't know the back end, but the fact that it's the owner wallet that only can execute this function that was called and Certic can prove that the owner wallet did it. It looks like a straight up rug pull from external eyes. So if you're into Tatano, and I'll apologize straight up because Dextools claims there's no liquidity. The first call to action for you is can you sell that dude? If you can't sell, I would consider it a rug pull. By definition, because there's no liquidity. Second, I we don't know. So if you're in like their telescam or Discord, whatever they have, you might want to ask and just see if they're talking about it, chances are they are. And any pinned information about what really happened to this, because it's a troubling situation. And I know a lot of people bought into Titano because it was very popular. And if you're one that bought into Titano, I would just say to you. It's the reason why we no longer support hold. It's a a very good reason why, because even if they didn't scam it, even if they were hacked external, like it doesn't matter. There's so much risk, so many variables you can't account on. So if you were just holding it, expecting it to go, let's go to make a million dollars someday. Now you end up with nothing because in a rug pull, you truly did lose. It's no longer an unrealized loss because unless they can put that money back in the liquidity pool, You're not going to be able to get anything out of it. And whatever you did put in it is essentially a loss. Hopefully you didn't YOLO into the thing because as I've said repeatedly, please don't YOLO into anything. Invest only what you can afford to lose because the risk of loss is now significantly greater than the risk of becoming a millionaire someday. And now ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, over 18, Basic Cryptonomics is proud to present to you our guest for today, believes and we're here we're live with the man the myth the legend believes (laughs) the fundamentalist i I call you the fundamentalist because everybody does coverage like a lot of people do coverage pretty different and everybody does different ways but yours is so strongly fundamental and i look at it every time you do it and i'm like i see where he's going with it and then when it's specifically a token that it's like well yes but the team is going to do something and they're going to screw this up. It's like perfect prediction, perfect science, perfect prediction on where the line should go. And I can see, I don't disagree with anything he's talking, but then, yeah, but the team, man, do they, are they going to say something or do something? How did you get into the analysis of the charts? Was it just a hobby or did you learn it as
1: education formal or? When I started, I started with Keanu, uh, which is an Mm. old crypto that kind of died down, but, It was something where I was interested in how does this whole process worked. Um, I Mm -hmm. got into crypto early last year, right around the time uh, we got those stimulus checks. And I Mm -hmm. thought, what a great opportunity to make some money. But I had no idea how any of it worked. The only thing that anybody ever told me was, well, it's just like the stock market. (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of, but it is not like the stock market. So I started to look at numbers and then I started to ask myself, what do the 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 people who know do? So then I started to look at some of the YouTubers that were out there that were doing analysis themselves. And when they were doing it. What they looked at was, what does it feel like? Yeah. And what exactly happened in the past? They weren't really looking at uh, a whole kind of analysis. Not very many of them anyway. Um, You know, I think when I first started, BitBoy Crypto was just telling me every single day that he was going to, that Bitcoin was going to do $100,000 by the end of 2021. And here we are, and we weren't even close. But he was doing that because there was this weird sort of, not in the moment perspective, but that long-term perspective where if you went from a billion to 2 billion and then you went from 2 billion to 4 billion, then it stands to reason that money's just going to continue flowing in and they never account for uh, sentiment. They never account for, they just say that it's going to keep going until it stops going. And they don't realize in a lot of those instances that the curve changes. So that got me thinking like, well, what is it that the smart people do? Because there are smart people here that are not named BitBoy Crypto or anybody that, that, that just kind of throws out an idea. What do they think? So then I started looking at what does it do? What is the, what does the market look like? What does that little wick on the top of the candle mean? What does it mean when it's on the bottom of the candle? Uh, what other tools are there like a Bollinger band, which I'm fond of right now? Um, or, uh, VWAP and, uh, Uh, The Cypher B, like when you start to look at a few of these, you start to get an idea of where a token will go and it almost makes it predictable. But, like you said, the problem is the development teams are sometimes not that good. Like, uh, you don't get to become a crypto owner by being smart. That's not a prerequisite. The only prerequisite is that you throw some Ethereum into a token or some BNB into a, a staking pool. Or a liquidity pool, and then you just launch it and hope for the best. Yep. So that's what got me started. And then the other part is people. Uh, people are important. They should matter. And for a lot of these cryptos, they're just numbers and they're people to be manipulated. And you know, the people should the people should have a voice. The people should know what's really. Going on, people should know what it really looks like, and not what somebody wants you to think. So right. that's what I try to do. I try to look at what's really going on, and not uh, the pie in the sky. Even though I do sometimes give a pie in the sky, like I'm still eating uh, shibnobi from a couple days ago. Yeah, well,
0: optimism is never bad, and especially if you have a good community where, you know, the community has got the best, it's like good people. You don't feel like they're toxic. It seems like they're all in and they do want to kind of win together as opposed to the it's about no, individual ones that just kind of want to make bank and dump out. And one of the recent ones that I was watching on their discord, that's having some problems is eth fan token, because they did the migration, they started and they had this unrealistic growth and jumps and everybody's making money and everything. And then it dies. Then they change over, they do the migration. And I was going back and forth with these guys on their communication as developers, because I felt like this is important and you're going to screw this up. If you don't use all your social media, you've got to involve all your investors, no matter where they're at, and to their credit, they were very nice about it. They pushed a little bit back, but they were nice about it and said, we'll we'll consider it. And then they did, a, I think, a fantastic job, as best they could, of getting everybody on board. And they got like a 90% take rate, which is unheard of in migration. Yeah. So I contrast that, though, with this fiasco of Earnhub, where they did a migration from Safe Earn. It was a catastrophe. Then it they did gimmicks on top of it, locked stuff down holds value, it's rising, and then it dumps because everybody cashes out. And then they have to do another migration because somebody sniped the liquidity out of the pools. And then I'm telling them, look, you got to get in front of this and they're just only on Discord and they're not listening to me or anybody else and people are pissed off. So with what you're talking about with the devs and just getting into crypto is easy. It's can you manage it properly? Can you manage your people properly and treat them like investors? And you harp that message strongly every time I listen to you is your investors you need to take care of them and treat them like they matter and kind of the message i say is really you're the boss cuz it's your money they're you're putting into this what do you what is your thoughts on the varying tokens that you cover and the different cuz you you cover different ones you've covered floki i've saw you covered vault i've saw i've seen you've covered various ones how what's your sense of the different ways that the devs handle the token how they manage it and the second question to that is Where's it? Where's this that I don't want to say incompetence. That's not fair, but just some of them just seem not to be able to get it. They don't get it. They don't get how to make it succeed. Why do you think that is?
1: Uh, it is. I, I don't really have a name for it, but I think it's really called the Sheba effect. Mm. Uh, Sheba was magic. Like there's no real rhyme or reason or sensibility to why, shiba had this rocket ride it just became part of the public lexicon and people were like what is that and it was caught in a in in the perfect storm like like shiba uh, shiba is a product of a perfect storm where it hit social culture at the same time that tax refunds started and people got an extra stimulus check and Mm -hmm. it snowballed from there and from that very moment even though there had been meme tokens and dog tokens and they're they're always part of the that subculture of the degen universe or the dex tools or uniswap or, or pancake swap universes even though that the, that underlying thing is always there it exploded when shiba exploded then everybody wanted to be the next shiba but again you know these people they're not um they're not the 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 smartest people about doing it they're following a script that was imperfect to begin with shiba doesn't advertise they have never advertised they had never done anything they were a grassroots campaign right and the 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 side to that was they succeeded even though they didn't do anything about it so everybody copied what is in fairness Shiba as a contract to continue is a broken contract because Mm -hmm. there are things that the meme token market realized that it needed that it didn't have. So that's why you have leash and you have like these build-offs that are happening with them. But other people don't, other people are taking that template and they think that just because it happened there, that they're going to catch that lightning again. So they're going to follow the lowest common denominator of effort or, awareness. And it, and it's the Shiba blueprint. But the problem is, what if the Shiba blueprint was all wrong to begin with? And it's what I said. It's just, it's just this moment in time where there was a perfect storm. Well, that perfect storm doesn't exist every day. Um, mm-hmm. And I can take one that I can really say, and it's Kishu. Kishu Inu is probably my favorite token that's out there. And mm-hmm. It's on a lifeline and it's on a lifeline, not because of the the development team. The development team has actually done a whole lot. And if you look back, they are one of the most benevolent organizations in the crypto space, bar none. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> nobody wants to uh, nobody wants to just give money away. Like if you tell somebody you can invest in me and you have an opportunity to gain value, And someone who's serious says, well, how do I gain value from that? Well, we give money away. Mm. Makes no sense. Right. But it makes no sense to people who matter. So, you know, these guys are uh, great, but uh, Sheba got lucky. And now the people that are smart, like a Kishu group, they have, they're going to have a run at some point, but they don't have that long term run and they don't have anything that they can do with it so um i think a lot of these people are just kind of stuck uh all of the tokens all all of the tokens are just kind of kind of stuck in this place where uh there's going to be a pump there's going to be a dump and and you can look at every chart like i i anytime you look at, at every crypto is and i don't want to say they're the same but every crypto follows a similar pattern uh of doing the well if we if we if we shill it on twitter then Something's going to happen. and You're going to get a result. You're going to get more awareness and stuff like that. Let's go to YouTube and let's do it. And and the people there are horrible, by the way, at how they utilize YouTube. There are very few of them. Saitama being one of the only that really utilizes YouTube to bring in new people. And um, Discord, um, Reddit, they don't understand. They just go out and do it. And then they don't train people. Like, it, mm-hmm. if if you're a business, if you're crypto and you're trying to make money, then treat it like a business, work right. it like a business, teach your people the successful methods by which you can add new holders and users, and then teach people how to keep people motivated, keep them engaged so that they're not selling. And there's nobody in this space that really does a great job of that. Yeah.
0: That's actually a good transition because one token that is near and dear to my heart because I love the contract particularly. I love the messaging of what they did. You had covered on, and I believe it's one of your videos where you were talking about a token and it escapes me at the moment. And I'm not sure why, because I just watched it the other day, but what they were talking about in their messaging was they wanted to help low income veterans. And you said, this is near and dear to my heart. And that's why I'm giving them at least some speak here. And Paratoken Para used to be Parainu. Now Paratoken. Yep. They built their whole token around allegedly that whole thing. We want to help veterans. Ultimately, that's what we're here for. It's yes. not only not succeeded; it started to decline. And as I watch, they banned me from the Telegram because I said I'm not gonna. I'm still gonna hold it because I believe in it. But I'm not gonna buy more because you're going after shillers. And then they banned me from Telegram. No problem. Right. But. The thing is, it's like a beaut to me. It's a beautiful contract, from what I saw, and I saw that the people are good-hearted, and they have the best of intentions, and they're going after a, a segment that really does need the help. What are your thoughts on that? On that token if, of what you have seen of theirs, um, and contrast that with Kishu's kind of
1: methodology. So, everything is originally just. They're just words until they become actions. Yeah. And that's what you see in there. There's a lot of different tokens that want to lean into taking care of somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, I believe that, that Cliff Fetner over at Shibnobi, he's a he's a veteran, too. Like, I think that he is someone who's passionate about uh, the military and patriotism and things like that. And I think that there's a lot of people that are, but it's a matter of actually doing something about it. And Kishu, they actually do something about it. Like they are out there on the front line. I've had a couple of videos demonetized by them because I'm posting videos of them doing stuff. Mm. Like, I mean, that's kind of crazy um, to think that, uh, they're doing that. And, uh, I, I've seen so many videos from, and, and, and th- they're not just reaching out to a local community in a local soup kitchen. Like they're in third world countries or mm. second world countries, um, helping children doing these, these things, things that change. So you know, until you see it, it's just words yeah. for the moment. Um, but when the words become action, then you really have something that is—it's um, a good thing—and changing, uh, changing the lives of people, um, like God, shouldn't that be, shouldn't that be really important? Um, and the 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 token, by the way, was Cider Realty. Yep. And yeah, yeah. Russ, I, I you know have my problems with Russ but I do also know that Russ is a veteran and that Russ has been a fairly successful businessman and that that is something that's near and dear to his heart. And, you know, for my, for my whole life, uh, I've had military members in my family and, you know, if if we're not taking care of those people, then what are we all about as a society even? So when you see something like that, when you see something that should matter, um, then it should matter. And I don't know, that site of realty is going to lean heavily into that. Um, we know, <laughs> we know that they have a lot of mistakes, so I'm not sure where they end up on it, but when they, uh, when they come out, when they do this, like maybe we're going to see something great. Maybe we're going to see something that's transitional in uh, that sort of culture. But even if we do, I, in fairness, I, I believe that Kishu got there first. Yeah, it's like, fair. I
0: really do. That's fair. In, Cider Realty versus. So I I put a message out about sprawl, and you get into too many different things. And it's not a matter of not being ambitious. We want ambition because ambition without ambition, there's no growth. But it's also within the confines of what your resources can, can can support feasibly. And if you spread too much, you spread too thin. Then there's less focus. You dilute the the pool. And part of the messaging on Cider of Realty has been positive that this is a good thing. And it's a, it's a need, it's a problem. But the concern I had was we had that same messaging when Lily finance was first announced. It's a problem. It's something to do. And then it seemed like people shifted and they said, okay, we're no longer that Lily it's the old Cider of Realty is now the thing. Do you think with what's happened with Cider of mask, which is a totally different issue, that side of realty will get the attention that it needs, the dedicated attention that it needs to succeed.
1: So I think um, there's two parts to that. I think Lily finance was not what people, there are a lot of, the the easiest way for me to explain this is that there are a lot of people that are in the bag for something. And there were a lot of people just because Russ was involved in Saitama and Russ Help the Lily Finance people that people who are in Saitama just said right away, well, Lily Finance is going to be great. But in fairness, if you go and you read their website, by the time you get done, you still don't know what they do. Right. There's no clear goal. And the difference is when you go look at Saita Realty, you actually see goals, uh, things that are achievable in real estate. You, th- things that can be done and goals that are actually achievable and not just every one of these tokens for the most part out here has that lack of clarity in their website. And you can see it when you first, the first time you read their white paper or the first time you read somebody's website, you can see that they're full of bunk and Lily finance was full of bunk. The first time you read it. Um, I work in the medical field, um, but not in the medical field, I uh, run collection agencies. So I'm the big, bad bill collector. Yep. And so I'm familiar with medical because I do a lot of medical collections and I know what software they use. I know what uh, the admins, I know what the clerks, what the billers, I know what all these people are doing on a day-to-day basis. And when I read Lily Finance's website, I don't know how they help those people. I just know that they say hot button words about helping those people streamline a process. But how do you streamline that process? But when I look at CIDA Realty, then I'm still getting a pie in the sky. I'm still still getting uh, hopes and dreams, uh, hopium, if you will, but it's specific. Like this is the market that we want to help. This is the area that we want to do better in. So I think that that's totally different. And to add to it, if you put it on CIDA mask, This is a risk that they are taking, and it's a calculated risk that is not permanent, by the way. If they launch on Cytomask and there is just not enough activity to support what it is that they want to do, you can rest assured for the betterment of what they're doing, it will launch on Uniswap fairly quickly after that. They are not locked into Cytomask in that context. But if they have solved, and Max is working diligently, on trying to solve a problem that exists everywhere that nobody had figured out yet, or everybody had just accepted as a norm, which is the amount of front running that goes on. If they have fixed that in some way, then why would you not use Cytomask? If you can save gas fees, an enormous amount, by the way, on gas fees and, um, you don't get front run and you, you, whatever price you're buying at is the price that you get it at. Because let's face it, this market is a, is a volatile sort of thing. If you can fix some of that, why wouldn't you use it? And if that's the case, everybody's going to be using Cider Mask. So Cider Realty as a specific property to them should be an incredibly valuable asset. Like, wouldn't you think that that's the case?
0: Yeah. I'm the only concern, and it's not just singular me, just has been raised on social media predominantly. was I saw a couple people respond when Max put the video out about Cider Realty, and they said, Yeah, but you didn't give enough focus to Cider Mask. So, how can we trust that you're going to give focus to Cider Realty as it builds? Because we have to ask, Well, why isn't Cider Mask done? If you have enough resources to have gotten it done, you may lack the resources to do Cider Realty, which that resonates to me as somebody I work in tech. And so the sprawl concern is real. You you start up so many projects and never finish anything and or it's delayed. It takes longer to get to an ROI. So I, I think it's one where people are very bullish about the idea of it. Just what when's the ROI going to happen? Like your serious investors are like, cool, but when am I going to get my return? Because I haven't got my return on Satama and I'm still waiting on that one. So is this going to extend that return?
1: Interesting thing in that regard. I don't think that max has very much to do with it like yeah. uh cider realty that's just a deployment contract once yeah. that once that gets underway uh, i i would just assume and and i give credit to these guys for at least the only problem that i really have had with saitama is their inability to effectively communicate Two people and either raise or lower expectations properly. Mm-hmm. They Russ is a Russ loves hyperbole and he loves to tell you like he's digging his feet into the ground and he will be damned if anybody's going to stop the train that is Saitama or anything like that. And he yeah. and he really should temper what he says. But at the end of the day, Russ doesn't have very much to do with Saito Realty um, other than maybe the COO just overseeing what's going on, they're going to have some people that are devoted to Cider Realty and the investment that goes on through the token uh, should just be their marketing. And I think it's Elon Mansoor, uh, MK Satama, whatever the name is, that that guy, those, that department over there, they're going to do their thing and they're going to let people know that it exists and it's available. And they'll dig in there and then there will actually be, I can only assume, a realty company or a realtor in some fashion overseeing what's happening there. So I don't think Max has much to do with it. And I don't think Russ has much to do with it. Um, I think that that's like we're, we're a victim of looking at them for the answers to everything. And yeah. they're just two small pieces in a very big growing pie for that Saitama LLC, which I do not like, by the way.
0: <laughs> let's let's go back a little bit in time, um, if you will regale me. I got into, because you mentioned at the top, I got into, I can look at blockchain and remember Zax, but I remember I got into Keanu Inu after they were, they had the, allegedly going to have the Vegas event, release their Matrix wallet, this was a big announcement and then I saw something that said it didn't work and it didn't happen and it dipped huge. And then I bought in off that dip and then I was holding it all the way through where, when did you buy in before that event? And were you around that, that chatter leading up to that event?
1: I was in, uh, as an investor on hour number three. And interestingly enough, I was looking For a token, and and this is just the 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 greatest funniest coincidence that could ever happen. I was interested in crypto. I had a few holdings in crypto, nothing that was lighting the world on fire, but something that I had gotten just kind of was losing on was was a was a token called New Cipher, Mm -hmm. and so I'm sitting on New Cipher. And I read an article and the article says that they are talking about getting with another token and that they were going to merge and it was going to be called Keanu. And I said, well, that's kind of a cool idea. I wonder when that's going to come out. And I look Mm. on Twitter and I see, I type in Keanu. And as soon as I type in Keanu, I put crypto at the end. And then all of a sudden Keanu Inu pops up right away. And I'm like, well, this is a dog token like Shiba. Maybe I should take a shot. Hmm. Not because I think that these guys are brilliant, that I think these guys have any ideas, that they even know what's going on, but how could you not win with a name like Keanu? <laughs> so, and I, you're laughing because I think you felt the same way. Like when yeah. you see it, you're like, how can this not succeed? So yeah. I went in right away and I only went in for like $200 within three days. It was 5,000, yeah. so just like that. Just, just like that. Uh, it, it It blew up, and because I was new to crypto, I didn't sell. (laughs) So I I sat and watched it decline and decline and decline and decline. Then I started like, you know what? Nobody's talking about it on YouTube. And that's literally what got me started on YouTube with doing Mm -hmm. videos. And I think if you go back and look at like my first video, it's like me walking my dogs down the street doing videos, telling people about this new token called Keanu Inu and stuff like that. And I don't even know if I was pronouncing it right at the time, Um, Mm -hmm. but I started doing it. And then the next thing I know, some of the development team reached out to me and they were like, hey, man, we appreciate what you're doing and I was just a member of their chat. And then at some point uh, I got offered come into the admin chat and they had a structured layer where there was a development chat and there was an admin chat. Um, so they invited me into the admin chat, made me an admin in the channel and stuff Is this like Discord, that on Discord, uh, No, it was Telegram. It was Telegram and okay. and I, you know, I I became an admin in the channel. And then I just continued to do the videos. And as I was doing the videos, um, it it just kind of started to, to manifest itself. And I got more and more information. Well, as we were going along, uh, we started to get details and I started to get annoyed hmm. because in my life, I know how businesses run. I know what you should and shouldn't do. And some of the things that they were doing seemed silly to me not horrible, just silly. And I remember having a conversation. We were in one of those big chats as we were talking about events that were going to lead up to what was going to eventually evolve into this whole event. And it was not Vegas. It was actually Tampa, Florida at a place called the Red Door. Florida. Okay. And what was going on was we were looking for this way to meet Keanu Reeves because you know, the goal of anything named Keanu is you want to meet Keanu Reeves, let's face it. So we thought like, how do we get Keanu Reeves to just do a quick video? Like at te- my first instant, my first instinct was like cameo. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, he's not on social media. So you got to be better than that in order to get something out of him and Keanu. And then I said, and I even asked one of the girls in our chat, I'm like, would you dress up like Trinity to do like Trinity type, Images and stuff like that. Like, um, I, I was like, sh- her husband was a photographer, and I was like, is there any chance that you would dress up like Trinity and like do pictures like, uh, uh like that? And then maybe we can get, uh, um, uh, maybe we can get Lawrence Fishburne or somebody who's involved, or mm. Carrie, uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Maybe we can get somebody who's involved in uh, this whole thing to do a cameo. Like they, these are my ideas because they seem logical to me. Yeah. And our marketing guy at the time was saying, no, 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 no. We got this. We've got this worked out. We got, a, we got a meeting with these people and these things are going on. And then in the course of business, um, I said, okay, what you're saying is ridiculous. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why don't you just go directly to Keanu Reeves and go to his agent and ask. And then we're told, no, we have an angle. So then they explained that the angle and, and, this is going to get so crazy. So their angle and their idea was Keanu Reeves, little known best friend in life is ice cube. Mm. So when he's not filming and, and ice cube is not out filming or doing anything, they apparently hang out together quite a lot, which means that anybody associated with ice cube probably knows Keanu Reeves in some way. And they are approached by a gentleman who says, well, you know, I know ice cubes cousin, uh, Mac Sean. And we sign an agreement with Max Sean through this guy. And this guy starts to, uh, send us t-shirts and designs and logos and things like that. And these guys are really happy with what they're seeing. And we're getting like handheld videos of this guy's. And it turns out the guy, I mean, the guy is actually someone, um, in the licensing of t-shirts and stuff like that. And he starts showing these T-shirts with the Keanu logo, our little dog head on it, and Disney stuff and the NBA stuff and uh, Michael Jordan. We have a Michael Jordan Keanu and uh, Michael Jordan Lakers jersey uh, or not a Michael, but but a Lakers jersey with with Keanu head on it. And, you know, just just uh, then we have. Oh, and we have a a Black Panther and Mm. Captain America and stuff like that. And these guys are like, this is awesome. This guy's got the license to that. And I'm like, you all don't, that's not how licensing works. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong here. <laughs> you can't just marry all of these different things with your crypto. It, it doesn't work that way. Like that's, and and even if it's not crypto, it's got to be a license. Or, so I said, you know, something's wrong here. Then he uh, gets us MaxShon 100, MaxShon 100 does a video saying he is so hyped to be involved and in part of the process and stuff like that. Then we hear that not only are we going to have this event hosted by Max Sean, we're going to have Keanu Reeves do a cameo um, by, um, it's just going to be a video on the screen. Right. And he's just going to say, Keanu Inu, you guys are the future. That's it. That's all mm-hmm. That's all. this is. Just a hype video with Keanu Reeves giving a thumbs up, saying that this is the future. And we're told that his agent says that he's filming, uh, he's finishing filming at the time, I think it was the, the last parts of The Matrix or something like that. That's going back into the past summer. Yeah, yeah. Or that he was doing John Wick. So he was doing something he was going to be off and he was going to do the video and stuff like that. And it just kept getting pushed back and kept getting pushed back and kept getting pushed back. And the only thing that was there was Max Sean 100. And he seemed to be like... Just, he was all in seemingly on it. He doesn't have anything to do with crypto. But then we were told that here's what's going to happen. Now we're going to have an event. (laughs) The event is getting bigger. The the event is now going to be at the Red Room uh, venue in Tampa. And it's going to be a 100 big time investors, including uh, WWE wrestlers, um, local uh, local, uh, icons in Tampa. Mm-hmm. and what they're going to do is he's going to bring in all of these investors and we're going to have this event Maxhan 100 is going to be there and then there's going to be two screens on one screen there's going to be a surprise appearance by Ice Cube on the other screen is going to be a surprise appearance by Snoop Dogg and then there's going to be a big screen in the center and at the end of it you're going to see Keanu Reeves Keanu Inu you guys are the future It's something like that and what ends up happening is none of it uh, this guy uh, <laughs> that they gave this money to, uh, not only did he take the money and then not pay Max Shawn, because Max Shawn came to us and said, hey, where's my money? Not only did that all happen, but uh, uh, along the way, this guy also went to Keanu Reeves' agent and instead of trying to to give, you know, this is what we are, this is Keanu Inu, he said, Hey, can I get your likeness? And can I use you guys to make t-shirts like, like this guy was using what we were doing to yeah. create an opportunity for himself It's basically yeah. what it came down to yes. in the process. The Keanu Reeves agent said, okay, this is a scam. <laughs> so now we're associated with a scam and we get a cease and desist from using Keanu Reeves. Now, because of the situation that I explained in the beginning, where the people who are in charge of crypto are sometimes not very smart. On the website, our Keanu Inu stuff said, in order to meet Keanu Reeves and have Keanu Reeves represent our company, we want to give to charities. And like we we like we basically laid out the scene of the crime yeah. of using someone's likeness against ourselves in so many ways. And so that led to a couple days before the event, we had this, this sudden flurry of activity and there's, there's somebody else involved in the whole process. Who's in the background who I won't say anything about, but she helped us figure out all of this stuff that was going on. And this guy was trying to make this happen. He legitimately was trying to make something happen but he had screwed it up so badly that all he could do was kind of get Max Sean, who by the way had COVID and had just had a stroke. So he was not, he he was not in any shape or condition to do the event or anything that would help this token at any point. So then, uh, you know, we knew at that point that everything was just going to get crazy, that people were going to dump and that this was it. Now going back to the original problem, uh, which this kind of brings some of this full circle, Shiba, the contract was kind of based on Shiba and Kishu and all of these other tokens. Sorry about that. That's all right. Uh, and the issue was that there's no marketing wallet. Like Like these guys put reflections together and they made re- reflections so that you could Uh, all get some tokens and stuff like that because that's a convenient way to keep adding holders to your token. Like it's not a convenient way to invest. It's a convenient way to show that you're giving back to people by letting them have some, that reflection. But the end result is you increase your holders um, through a trick because all the dust wallets are still holding and it looks like holders. And then you can brag that you have 20,000 people when you really have like 15,000 active. So Mm -hmm. All that stuff started to happen and There's no marketing budget. They had literally given their last dollars to this guy who ended up scamming them. And at that point, they called a meeting and told us, guys, we have nothing left. And by the way, even though we have nothing left, we also have a cease and desist, which says that we cannot use the name Keanu anymore. And then of course we told everybody and the chat went crazy and they were like, how could you not be able to use it? That's crazy. That's insane. Like you're not even Keanu Reeves, blah, 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 blah. And they didn't know in the background, like, you know, we had used not his likeness, but we had used that we wanted to meet him on the website and just all everything that you could possibly do wrong. That's what we were doing. Yeah. And I assume I didn't help it because some of my thumbnails at the beginning were pictures of Keanu Reeves as a dog or something like that (laughs) uh, to try to get people interested in the YouTube videos. But, you know, there was just so much going on like that, that, that ended right there. Then there was a cascade of sell at that moment. And as soon as we told I sold everything and Mm. I got out and, you know, I think like, and here's the, here's the weird part for me. I think at that point, you know, my bag, which was, I, I bought in by the way, with $200. So I was always up no matter what. Um, I sold out and I made nineteen hundred bucks off of it uh, when I sold and then it cascaded all the way down and it went down so badly that I said, you know what I wonder if people would buy this as a dip because they're seeing a massive sell-off so then yeah. I bought in and I bought in like six times what I ever had before and it doubled in a few moments so then I had close to five thousand dollars so I ended up with five grand out of it and uh, that really got me started on all of the other stuff that I was doing.
0: Wow. I saw the, the late part I saw was the announcement, you know, we're going to get out of the exchanges. So if you got stuff in the exchanges, you need to get it out of there as quickly as possible. And ironically, of course it's still on L bank and people are still trading it on L bank, which I thought was rather comical Hmm. Um, because they're actively trading it. Like we're not talking about dead in the water. People are actively trying to do basically get people get some price movement to get people to buy in so that they can take at least a little bit of profit out of it. How did this, this what I heard of, the matrix wallet come into play with this whole business? Well,
1: that was an exchange, really. We had a, it was really just our matrix swap. It was mm-hmm. not going to be a wallet. It was just going to be an exchange. And, you know, uh, a lot of people didn't. You know, we're still at the, at the foreground of wallets and stuff like that and functionality and dApps. So, like we, like I was showing people how to make a DAP in your Coinbase wallet or your MetaMask wallet, so you could just use the Matrix Swap, and we used M A T R E X, yeah, the Matrix Exchange, which mm-hmm. I thought was a cool name. That was my idea, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. You know, we 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 came up with it, and then we were just kind of attaching it to to like MetaMask wallet and Coinbase wallet and stuff. So you go in, you flip over to another page, then you click Matrix at the bottom, and then you would swap your tokens. Yeah, that's that's really what it came down to. Yeah, that was all basically basically
0: the thing that every every token's doing now, essentially.
1: That's the problem with the industry, and that's why this this meme token verse is going to struggle and. I'm not sure how it plays out at the end, but I think that it leads to the metaverse and the rise of the metaverse, which we really haven't seen yet, but I think we're going to see this market start to really suffer and decline because people are waking up to uh, don't invest in things that have no value or when you can't see the value in it. So I think that the the meme tokens are going to start dying that horrid death soon. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts, just general thoughts with no name specificity, but just general thoughts on the, you you alluded to it earlier, but the, the I don't want to say rise because it's always been a thing, but just the increase in reliance on shillers. And when I, when I define a shiller, I'm defining anyone who is paid specifically for the purposes of a product. I'm not talking about people who are legitimately hyped on their own, their own money, their own belief. I'm talking the ones um Hey, we paid this person $15,000 to host or whatever, or to shill it. What are your thoughts on just the increased use of that?
1: Um, So I, I think that we want to be in a lot of instances as like, it's still very difficult for me to believe that I have any influence on anybody on their decisions, even though I get constant messages from people telling me they made money or they invested in something because of me. It's Very difficult for me to accept that I influence people in some way like that. Uh, because I never see myself that way, but by the same token, um, I'm, I'm an advertiser in some yeah. way. So, um, every, every, every medium that we use in entertainment includes advertising. So why not crypto? Why not, uh, using an influencer as basically your advertiser? Um, if that person is willing to leverage their credibility to another token or something like that, I don't see the actual problem. Uh, When you have somebody who is not very good and who will just shill any tokens, and I see them every once in a while, and I do help guys. I I, I do shills for people. One of the things that I do is, and and I'll, I'll be very frank about it, Volt Inu when Mm -hmm. I got started with Volt Inu, I had big problems with them. Like I had huge questions before I would put out a video and they were offering me, uh, opportunity, uh, before I would do anything, I had to make sure that everything was right. Because like I said, I'm not used to being an influencer, but if I'm going to influence somebody, I want to influence them in the right way. Right. And So I, you know, I start reading through it and I start going through and I start asking questions and I'm asking hard questions. I'm asking the questions I would be asking Russ if he ever came on my show, Russ, if you're watching this, you hear me. Um, (laughs) and, and they, they answered everything like, like, like they had an answer for everything. And sometimes when you have an answer for everything, you think, okay, these guys, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know they're on to something here, but they were genuine. Right. So then I did the first video. Then I did the second video. Then I did the third video. And then before I know it, the, the coin is doing exactly what every other token does. It has its big moon in day three or four. It goes up then it consolidates down at the bottom. Then we see what you're made of. Then I start telling people, you know, this is the opportunity to buy in. This is what I'm going to predict. And then I start making this absolute prediction about what's going to happen. And people are like, are you sure? well, I keep saying I'm always right on my video, so I better be sure. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not sure. But I, I do think that this is what's going to happen. And everybody who invested, when I was telling them that, look where they are now. You know, they're up. Where they're up right now, 9x, 10x off of it, just like that. And it's because as an influencer, I had the responsibility of performing that due diligence. Now, not everybody has that. But, right. you know, as an advertiser goes... That eventually weeds you out of the market. So, you know, today uh, I continue to gain subscribers. I continue to gain followers. There's a there's a cap on it somewhere. I don't know mm-hmm. what that cap is. You know, I think Zach Humphreys might have fifty thousand. Uh, I know Jake Gagan is somewhere near fifty thousand. But, you know, when you look at some of the videos that we all do together, I get as many views as these guys. So I'm not sure what their subscribers are or where their subscribers come from or anything like that. Uh, But um, if you don't do the right things and when I bring up Jake Gagan or Zach Humphries, by the way, I I think that they um, they do a pretty good job of what it is that they do do. (laughs) So. Um, but when you start to do it wrong, which I think that, uh, there's a guy by the name of Dell crypto who was involved with Lily. Um, and there's a lot of bad things going around today and we see how that shakes out. Like is his credibility shot, but if it's not, then he continues to influence. And if it is, then, uh, that he moves on and he's no longer part of that verse. So I think advertising is good. It's one of those things that you have to do. Um, I don't think Here's the place. The place that I have the problem is the advertisers themselves. When right. you look at, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name names, um, but there's a guy named Ralvero on Twitter. Mm-hmm. There's a a girl named Natasha on Twitter. There's a couple of them like that that have a hundred or two hundred or five hundred thousand followers. They have no influence whatsoever on a token, but they are paid. Influencers those are the people if I have a problem that I have the biggest problem with because I I didn't understand it at first Then I started to understand it They're not naturally created They are Farmed Natasha whatever the name was before was named something different Uh, Best crypto ever or you know whatever the case may be And started offering $20 In crypto to the to one person if you like subscribe and retweet. So people started following because they wanted free money and who won that free money every time. Well, one of her alts. Yeah. (laughs) And and they continued to build that way and they continued and and they kept on and they kept on and they kept on and they just built their market with fake people. If you go look at some of the interactions on the threads that they have, uh, it's, you know, it's what do you, what do you call it? Like bot generated? Yeah you go look at it, it's bot generated. And then now that you have so many followers, then you go into a telegram like this Natasha person has 536,000 followers. We got to pay them. And then you pay them for a shill. And there's like 30 people a day. I mean, that, that, that bot farm is making so much money off of just that. And it's not contributing value to anything or anyone. Yeah. So if I have a problem with any of that, that's where I have the problem when you, you don't ask questions and you don't do your due diligence because I have an obligation to 13,000 people that follow me to give them the best information that I can. And that way I only take the money from the people. If I'm going to do a shill of any sort, then I'm only going to do it from somebody that I believe is trustworthy. And not everybody ends up qualifying or not everybody ends up in the end, but that's what I, I hope that everybody is or starting to see that, that, uh, advertising is great and we're just advertisers. That's all we're doing. And, yeah. uh, we should do the best we can for the people that follow us to give them the truth.
0: But you identified pretty much two different things because you're referring to people that they're paid to do due diligence in yeah. the benefit of a project, which I, I, you draw also the contrast against people who are just paid. To call it. They don't know anything about the project, don't care anything about the project, don't care anything about the followers. And so I it feels from what I see that there's a lot more of the ones that are just paid because of that exposure and number of holders or number of followers rather. They're just paid because or celebrity status, right? Versus the ones that are compensated because we truly want you to, we want you to scrutinize it, ask the questions, hold us accountable, and then prepare that to the world and say, look, I vetted these guys. I see. They're solid and they're worth your time and money. So I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that you drew the, the two because when I interviewed Mr. Sagala, he specifically called out this side over here that are just paid. Well, then they might be paid or they invest in the token. They, they're ones, they cause the spike and then they dump it. And that hurts everybody else. But ones that are, it's like, I'm still in this and I did the due diligence and I'm still in it with you, which you you do a great job of doing, is a totally different type And
1: I don't think there's enough of those people from what I saw. So um, we are in, uh, we're in a frontier. You know, this is like one of those old west type things. Like we're exploring new ground in crypto. We're the pioneers of this entire space. It's been around for a little bit of time, but less than 4% of the people in the world are involved in crypto in any way. Um, So we are still at the ground floor of whatever this is going to become. If we were at the ground floor of television or the ground floor of the internet or the ground floor of radio for anything, there's always been advertisers. And you know what? Some of them aren't very good. And over the course of time, the good advertisers became the advertisers of today that we use. When you have something and you need an ad company and you need somebody then you're going to go to a specific ad firm, a specific marketing place, because those are the ones that the successful people use. Crypto is going to end up in the same place. We're just not there yet. Right now, we're just testing everybody out. We're kicking the tires on this whole new uh, genre, this whole new thing, and we're seeing what works and what doesn't work. So if what I'm doing doesn't work, then you're going to find somebody that does work. What if I'm, if what I'm doing does work, then you're going to stop using somebody who doesn't. And, uh, every business is free to choose. You know, mm-hmm. one of the great things about America is you do have the freedom to decide who it is that you will or will not do business with. Now you as an investor can be mad at the person for choosing somebody who's not a great, that you can be mad at somebody who gets you wrecked because they made the bad call in the ad market. But when enough people are, that person's going to disappear. And you do see people disappear from this space mm-hmm. all of the time. Uh, Steve at Rocket Crypto is just gone right now. Like you haven't seen him yeah, yeah. in a little while. He's he's going to remake himself at some point. And, uh, and not because of, of anything bad, by the way. But, right. you know, you see people that disappear or that give up or that are finished because, you know, not everybody is cut out to give you an objective opinion. Uh, and when you don't do that and you can't give that objective opinion, you will fall by the wayside. You might have a good run. You might have an awesome run. I hope and I know better because people are people. But, you know, you you, you hope that the true colors never show up um, because there are no true colors that you've been true the entire time. But when the money starts to become crazy, then things get different. You know, I, I, um, you work harder. Um, you shill harder. You start doing more because when, when it becomes more worth it, then you hope that people are going to do a better job. But Sometimes you just don't because the money is too much and you know, if I could use $5,000 and if somebody today offered me $5,000 to shill their product and I need $5,000, then, you know, why am I taking food off my plate? Right. Uh, insert, you know what I mean? Like it's a very difficult thing uh, for somebody to do uh, because it's also easy for me to convince myself that these guys need my help too. So, you know it, it's just a matter of this whole market has to weed itself out and we have to get to the people who are worthy of those advertising dollars right do you and like that's where we are do you think though that cuz i don't classify you as a,
0: as a shiller and i say this because it like there's almost a strong difference between why you took money right if you take money just cuz you take money and that's just your job to take money I draw a difference of that versus you're paying for a service. You're paying for due diligence. You're paying for coverage. You're paying for assistance. You're paying for consultative. To me, that's advertising, right? It's pretty much advertising. But like that's different. I, I've i never seen from what I can go back in your videos. I've gone through a lot of them. I've never seen where your thumbnail does nothing more than have you with a shocked face looking up at the 100x in in broad bold with with shadowing behind it and and a lamborghini in the background i've never seen you do that so to me that that paradigm is way different than what you do you basically say bolts here i'm with it i'm with you here's what i see when i look at the graph folks this is where it looks like we're going we're on a good path or hey it looks like we're falling off a little bit i think it's going to recover or so on It, it ties back to the fundamental so I personally don't even treat you as a shiller in definition because it feels like you're, you're informing and you're with them. You're, you're not just a, I took it and that's all my job. So I want to just clarify that also for listeners, but also for you that I don't put you in that category because I can, the thumbnail doesn't lie. Your thumbnail, well, everybody else's thumbnail lies. Your thumbnails don't lie to people. Your thumbnails tell the truth as you see it from a fundamentals versus others where their thumbnails are designed to get you to click on it. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. And when you're in YouTube space, there's multiple ways to make revenue. Yeah. And one of them is ads. And if I give people something that they can sink their teeth into, then they're going to watch. The algorithm is going to support it and I'm going to get more ad revenue. Yep. Then there's memberships, which I, by the way, I did not know that there were even memberships or I didn't pay attention to memberships. Um, so I, I have missed because I am because uh, I, I'm in some in some ways just a moron about how to make money off of YouTube i never (laughs) paid attention to all the different methods or or anything like that um so the only thing i've been looking at the entire time was ad revenue and that's why everything was driven by that like like i just want to give somebody my opinion on what's going on and hopefully they'll run with it and they'll find some value to it then uh, there was a membership thing. So now I give members a little bit of additional content, bloopers, outtakes, things like that on my videos, uh, or I tell them what I think about something else that's out there that I'm not covering. Um, and I just started doing that just a, like a couple days ago um, because it was just for me all about the, the ad that, right. that ad revenue. And and I can't say that uh, uh, two months from now that it it won't be a little bit different because the amount and I don't have a problem telling people like the amount that I made was like $200 in my first month on YouTube, which when I tell people that people are like, really? Because they made $10 or $20 like their first month. Yeah. So like, I, I feel like maybe I did okay. Uh, but you know, that, that number is now quite a bit higher very quickly. And like it, it I'm going to keep providing content, but, you know, sometimes that you have pressure. I I have pressure that I feel every single day to kiss up to Saitama because Mm -hmm. there's five or 10,000 people that want to watch a video that says Russ is the greatest person in the history of crypto every single day. And I just can't bring myself to do that because that's not who I am and that's not what I do. When he does good, I'm going to recognize he does good, but when he does bad, I have to call him on it because then I'm not being genuine. Right. And that's a struggle that I have every day because there's videos where I think that I did the greatest video that I've ever done, and I can have people who are friends of mine or fans of mine say the, the same thing, and it gets a thousand views, whereas... If I do something that's way more kissy kissy to everything, it's got <laughs> five thousand. Yeah, it's got five thousand views. So that that's a struggle, and you know the membership hopefully will will help to offset that. And then I I the other day I, I started doing my first live streams. Live streams it turns out are an opportunity for people to contribute to you and to donate to you and to give you money uh, for what you're. I have no idea this. Like I am an absolute moron when it comes to how to do this stuff. I have been solely focused on people and ad revenue and trying to give them that information (laughs) that like I skipped over all of the things. So when the money becomes more then I do wonder like what, how does my influence change? Like how does my opinion of stuff, because you know something is right in your mind and you decide something is right for you in your mind. But what if it's not really right? Right. But you've already decided that it is. So, you know, I concern myself with that all the time.
0: Yeah, I think you do a good job from what I've seen of towing the line, as they say, of being able to balance still remaining fundamental and still providing data to back up the opinion. Because if you if you just say, you know, look, man, I'm looking at this and that graph looks great. Well, that's that's nothing. It means nothing. It's just nothing. You're you're appealing to people's ignorance. You go into detail. You give data to support the argument and I applaud you for doing that because very few do that or they do it wrong. <laughs> I've seen them draw the lines wrong. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, real quick, cause I want to wrap up cause we're almost at time, but real quick, yeah. um, give me, if you would, your opinion on. So when I got into the I got into the time in uh, September, I'm pretty sure it's September and I got in predominantly because at that time, the velocity, it literally was dropping a zero every month. I mean, it's it was unrealistic behavior of performance. And this is when it didn't have nearly the holders it does now. Give me your sense of, because we know what's happened with the devs, Russ, et cetera. Give me your opinion on Satama's future. Do you get a sense that they're going to have to do a migration? They're limited by the contract because it's renounced and that a lot of their issues are because they're they're dealing with a contract that just doesn't, because you know they have their reflections like you talked about and things, but it seems like with the current contract, it's just hard for them to deal with all these different things that are coming at them. And could that play a factor in why they're struggling now? Do you think?
1: I don't think, I I don't think that I I think that we right now are seeing both a comedy of errors and of unforced errors. Um, and as an example, November 13, they had this thing, they really wanted to get Cytomask out and it was clearly not ready, but they had not mass tested it. Mm-hmm. Um, then the audit with Certic ended up taking a lot longer and spoiler alert. Uh, I, um, uh, and we talked about it in private. I have something that I've got going through CERDIC right now, and it's been going on for months. They are way behind on everything yeah. at Certic. So yeah. I understood that there was a problem there, but they had promised something. And then Russ is the type of person that wants to will these things into existence, and he thinks that just a little bluff and bluster and hyperbole will get you to that uh, that promised land. Investors in crypto do not work that way. Now, <laughs> we were destined for probably, maybe not where we are, we were probably destined for a, a much higher area on the launch of Saitama if everything had gone well, but like you were saying, we were way higher with a lot less holders and you know, as well as anybody else, that's unsustainable. That really cannot, the trajectory that Saitama had was untenable yeah. and it didn't matter how much money they had. It was completely and utterly untenable. And, it continued to go and it continued to fly. And then, you know, November 13th happened. It didn't happen. The, the, uh, the audit happened and it took forever. Here's where things became drastic. December 8th, he promised no matter what, that it would be out and Certic could not deliver. So then he got frustrated and he started making tweets like, I assure you, and I promise you, Mm -hmm. we will be primed for this most amazing things that you'll ever see. I will not accept this. And that's fine, but that's something that you say to people. That's not something that you type out to people. Yeah. Um, and so then you get to when it comes out a couple of days before it comes out. Russ has an AMA, talks to everybody, and he says, um, "Yeah, you know what? This is a token." And I, and I think if you've if you've been listening to me, then you know that I've been saying of the people, by the people, and for the people. Yep. Now, he said. This is the people's token, and I'm quoting right here. This is the people's token. So as far as I'm concerned, the day that Certic tells me that this is good to go, we're launching the next day, and that's just the way I feel about it. Well, two days after that, Certic <laughs> said, we're at 100% and we're ready to go. A day after that, there's no Cytomask. Right. <laughs> Suddenly, there's no mask, and I say, wait a minute, now we're not for the people. This is not that we are, we have now become Saitama LLC property and we're no longer of by and for the people. And that's what I see at that point. And then they make an announcement that it will launch on January 7th. And then the first thing that I think is, Oh my God, you have to be kidding me. Now, do they not? And here's the problem. How do you not understand that once you've said something very, very specific, you now backtrack on it with no evidence that it was necessary to backtrack. Yeah. You could launch it whenever you want to launch it, but they didn't want to do it because of the holidays. Mm. I think that probably masks that they knew there were problems that it was not ready for. Like They, they were probably already catching on that there was an issue. Yeah. But you have to say that. You have to be honest with your people. And listen, guys, this is what's going on. Then they go quiet through the holidays. And then at the beginning, you start to see a little... Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Then people start downloading it and it doesn't work. Right. Now, these are all your errors. Then you start to get to these unforced errors and you had BitMart that was mixed in there somewhere, I think, in yeah. early December. Yeah. You know, BitMart uh, did not hacked. help. the. Yeah. yeah. That was unforced. Uh, but that was Along with all of their forced errors. So then you get to to it's still not working. It's still not working. It's still not working. You're still not providing a product. Then you then you have the thing that goes on with uh, Lily. And you had Binance the last couple of days. And if anybody's listening, by the way, I meant Binance. You have what goes on <laughs> with Binance, and it's not really Binance. And I think most people, most people understood that. But us influencers, we took advantage of it and said, Whoa, we're gonna turn this into something. It was Coinvoice that was yeah. hosting it, but there's not very many people that get to host stuff on Binance at all. So it is something. It's exposed. So then it gets yeah. then it gets canceled. But but it get, it gets canceled at the last moment, and that's another unforced error in the middle of all of your forced errors. Like you're creating your own demise in this regard. And here's the frustrating part. Russ knows this. Russ understands this. He's not oblivious to any of it. So then you have this guy. And because I don't care about these people's feelings, you have this guy named Cryptobolics who is just a real yes man. And he's just like, it's like beaver. From Leave It to Beaver, <laughs> Golly G. Willikers, man, everything that you're doing is just the most amazing thing that's ever been done to anybody. He's a positive guy. He likes to look at the the positives of everything, and he's out here tooting the horn, saying that everything's awesome. Everything that Russ touches turns to gold, and I can't believe you're taking the time. You're so great and building him up. And I think that during the course of that, ironically, Russ realized, man, I really need to ask. And I think he sees my tweets. I think he takes the time every once in a while to look because I'm sending him tweets and I'm copying him on stuff and I'm asking these hard questions. And I think he saw that and I think he's not going to give me any credit. But then he went into an AMA that night and that night he started answering all of those hard questions and he let the people let him have it. And he stood there and he manned up and he took every punch blow for blow. And he didn't fight back. He just pointed out his position and that he knows everybody's frustrated. He's frustrated. He's an investor too. And I, I think that sort of humility turned the corner for the core audience of people. So we now have, I believe, a very tight knit community that got a lot tighter during that moment.
0: Well, I saw that, I saw the announcement of that. And I saw the spaces ended on the little banner. Yeah. The comments underneath that, it would make you seem like pretty much everybody left unsatisfied because they were or dissatisfied.
1: Well, what did they want? They want everything yeah. to work and they want everything to be great. And they want him to give you the answer to why everything is going to work and be great. He can't do that. He's not, Like he can't give you an answer on when it's ready. The one thing that he did indicate is when he was mumbling to himself that it's going to be ready soon. Any day now we're pushing a final fix out to iOS and then we're going to have something ready to go. Then Mm -hmm. the next morning, Lily Finance says we're taking our ball and we're going home. And then Russ at that point was having this AMA. And it's clear when you look at the whole canvas now, he knew that night, which is why he did this AMA and he took his lumps the night before he knew that Lily was doing something and he didn't know what it was, but he knew they were doing it. So then that takes us to Lily doing what they do and the disaster that was Lily finance yesterday. Um, And then all of the people who were the big supporters. And then of course I can't, because I can't help myself. I'm asking the questions. Hey, wait a minute. Uh, a couple days ago, you guys thought it was the greatest product that was ever going to be released. And if you have a problem with Lily finance and you think that Lily finance is just a bunch of scam artists who are trying to put one over, doesn't that say that Russ didn't do his job of due diligence of making sure that this was a clean and fair product? Yeah. You know, I'm asking again, those hard questions. But here's the thing: like I don't think there was anything really wrong. I think Lily just screwed up. I think they, they screwed I, up. I, I think yeah, I think they just screwed everything up. They're they not crypto savvy. They, they rushed, rushed it. it. They rushed it. Out, changed yeah. everything. And you know, a, a, a month from now, I, I think that you're gonna be, We're. It's probably gonna take them a month to recover. But I think they're going to recover if they're into it. I'm not sure that they're into it, but I think that they've decided this is their business venture. This is what they're going to do. And I think that they're going to start making moves to the positive. And for Saitama, I think that I'm sure with Saitama, we're going to have a functional and working side of mask and we're going to have a functional and working side of swap. Then we're going to get um, Impact XP. We're going to get all of the different tokens that were going to come along that we're doing it that are not Lily finance. And then we're going to get CIDA Realty in the meantime. And I think that that announcement was because Lily did their thing. I think that was, they were forced to kind of tip their hat and say, this is what we're doing. And then I think that we're going to start seeing more positive stuff. And I think that they're going to grow. I think they're going to grow from this. I think this was one of those enlightening moments for Russ through this whole process where he's still struggling, I think his wife deleted her Twitter account t- twice now in the last week or something like that too. It's like, like the Young like, Bucks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> AEW man, I love that. Um, but they, uh, um, but she's deleted, it I think, twice in the last week or so because people, you know, people. She knows, and she's going to defend him. He doesn't have the answer for everything. And you want him to have the answer. But again, this is crypto. Like, not everybody is qualified to be the super COO or CEO of a crypto company. Not, like, this is, we're breaking new ground. And when you break apart Saitama, Saitama has Cytomask. It has the Saitama token. It has Realty now that's coming way quicker than we know. It has Fang that's going to be out in, I'm told, three weeks. But, you know, it's... Saitama. So who knows? But uh, a Fang, we have an NFT market, and that NFT market, you have to think Saitama when they do things. They didn't get to seven point seven billion dollars by accident. That was because they know what they're doing, and I have a feeling that we're going to get a lot of influencers, a lot of major people are going to be like Willie D. I love Willie D. Uh, they're going to have a, a lot of uh, rap, rock. Um, Country, they're going to have a lot of NFTs that we're probably going to be surprised by. Then you have Cyta City, which is a metaverse. Then you have uh, uh, the Cyta Maker, or uh, not Cyta Maker. Um, you have uh, Wolfcaster, right. and you have Wolfcaster ninety two. And if you see the art that came with Wolfcaster, like they've got so many things that are going on. They have become a much bigger entity, and at some point. All of those things result in Saitama going crazy. And we right now are looking for that parabolic sort of fire to start to rekindle itself in the price action. We're not going to see it right away, but we will see it as soon as Saitamask is working. We're going to start seeing it pick back up. And then we're going to start seeing a lot of burn of Saitama happening at the same time. All of these things are just going to start to happen all at once. And then before you know it, we're going to be back to where we were a few months back where uh, like you were talking, where it was just dropping a zero and dropping a zero and dropping a zero. All of these things are going to be forgotten. You know why? Because we forgot all about it with SHIB too. That's fair. I guess
0: where I'm flipping on Satama ever slightly, <clears throat> and this is my personal assessment. When I look at the whale dumps that were happening with Satama, so Shib has well dumps. They happen pretty much constantly at this point because there's the Shibarium and people are pissed off about that. But with Satama, it's almost like because it's renounced ownership. That's kind of what I'm resonating with. There's actually in the contract that they can change the fee, the cell fee, which was initially, I believe, built to stop, you know, whales to potentially stop it. And they can't because it's renounced. So it got me thinking, you know, they may migrate this to a new contract to be able to do anti whale, be able to stop attacks like those like manipulation type things, but you don't sense that that'll be, and they'll just kind of go with the existing.
1: There are a lot of tokens that are out there that need to have their contracts redone and Saitama. When you really look at it, they probably do because most of what they're doing is based on reflection. And now that they don't have uh, the volume that they were having in the beginning. They don't have near the marketing that they had before. So it's possible, but I don't think here's, here's what, here's the way I see it. And I'm, you know, I, I guess when it comes down to it, I'm probably one of those, what you would call a left leaning person. Um, but I do have a lot of the libertarian principles and this is a free, this is a free market. If a person wants to invest and they want to take their money out, that's on them. Uh, we have to do a better job as a uh, leader or developer of a project to give people reasons to continue holding long-term and to create new people to come in and replace the people that leave. So I don't think that anti-whale, anti-whale sounded great six months ago and it sounds great for this space. But the reason that it sounds great for this space is because we don't do anything and we don't produce anything. We don't create value in the meme coin universe. Saitama is starting to create value with Saita Mask, with Fang, with Saita Maker, with Saita Edu, uh, with Saita, um, uh, with Saita City. Like they're creating value that recurs, and there will be new tokens. Saita Realty is going to be a new token, so I don't think they have to do anything with Saitama really. I think that they okay. can just let it ride. Um, I think I can still be mad that it's not of, by, and for the people anymore, <laughs> that it is just about Saitama LLC and still be along for the ride and still realize the profit that will come from being a long term holder. That yeah, makes sense. So I don't think that they're going to do anything with it. I, I think that Shibnobi is, by the way, if we can close yeah. it out, <laughs> yeah. Shibnobi has to. They'll uh, have to. Anybody yeah. who's got that many zeros, if you want to get. If you want to create sentiment and value to go to the next level, uh, you can't make the other crypto markets, you can't make them bow to you. You have to bow to them and you have to drop some zeros. Yeah. So some of those tokens are going to be dropping some zeros pretty soon by version two of their contract. hardly agree with that. Believes. this has
0: been an absolute pleasure listening to you. Not even speaking, I appreciate it. just listening to you because you have a unique insight that I think is lacking in the crypto business that's not because you've clearly thought about everything you talked about you've put thought into it so i appreciate this conversation greatly take us home tell people that don't know how to find you the places to find you talk about your youtube everything this is this is the floor is yours
1: all right guys i am at tom nationwide on almost every form of social media at uh, except for youtube where you can find me at youtube Uh, backslash Keanu believes, and it's Keanu because of an old crypto contract. Uh, I will give you the truth about everything. I will not sugarcoat it for you. Uh, I, as we alluded to with the young bucks, will sometimes talk about wrestling. Um, I will lean into some really dark, heavy metal that I really enjoy, like Whitechapel. Uh, So you'll get some weird things from me. But if you follow me, then I'm going to take you on a crypto journey. And at the end of that crypto journey, I hope that you find a whole lot of wealth and a whole lot of satisfaction.
0: And I can almost assure from my perspective, it's a magic carpet ride for sure. And anybody who knows that song (laughs) reference, you get extra points. So, yes, this has been awesome. I love this. Um, I, I had some recent changes. I don't know if you heard this update, but I had some recent changes. So I'm going to post-process this and it'll probably go in Monday or Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday, Tuesday's episode awesome. for release to the general population. And then listen, I want you to listen to that one. Cause I guarantee you, I have a gift in there and you're going to, you're if, at minimum, you will smile. I'm hoping you will laugh. And once you hear it, looking forward to it, you are free to steal it. I think you'll be tempted to, but I need to make sure I get it done perfectly right. Beliefs, thank you for everything. Also, the, the Keanu information that I lacked for personal reasons. I wanted to kind of understand that, and I appreciate that as well.
1: Yeah, you're most welcome, and thank you for having me on. And uh, if I can just say, last week's episode with uh, his name, Joe Scagoula, uh Sagalia. the guy that, that, yeah, that, that made those predictions back in 2013, that was fascinating, and uh, I appreciate you having him on because that was... Really informative for me because it allowed me to take a time and dig way back into the the machine and start to see some of these old crypto guys that were talking about it way before it was chic to be talking about it. And he understood a lot of things and um, I think he's right to be concerned about where we are right now and how this is all going to end up playing out because I don't think it plays out the way we all think.
0: I would agree with that.
1: I would hardly agree with that. Again, that
0: was Bleeves. He is all over the place. He does great fundamental coverage. He has Bleeves Crypto on YouTube. He's also Tom Nationwide on Twitter. Check him out. I believe his coverage is very informative. He doesn't just cover one token. He covers a variety of different tokens. And he goes through great analysis with the tokens and price movements. And I think you'll be very inspired when you see it, um, how he's able to put it all together. And, of course, lessons that we've heard from him and the past and how it's kind of built into more knowledge and getting smarter about crypto. Because you've heard him say, as you have heard me say, you know, we've kind of adjusted our strategy. We've kind of taken a stance where we say, you know, we want to move this forward. But we also understand that there's challenges with devs and different cryptos, just it's weird. And so I've personally advocated, I'm not going to tell people to hold because I think there's greater risk when you do that. There's the temptation and you kind of have to fight it a little bit uh, and just take profits because the profits are the profits. Once you can master that, you know, getting away from that psychology of just hold, hold, hold. Personally, I think that it's safer as an investment technique You have to make a decision, though. We can't tell you. We can only provide what we see, and analysis that we see, and we can only from there say, okay, this is what it is, and you have to make your own decision from what we tell you and from other sources that you research to say, for my investment portfolio, in this case you, how am I going to do that trading? And it's a journey. You learn. And, again, it's getting worse before it gets better. We're seeing a lot more scams. Uh, I just talked about Tatano And the fact that it had its issue, however that issue happened, the the bottom line is it was bad. And we're seeing a lot more scams. We're seeing them get more creative with the scams. We're also seeing devs quit, which that's a little unusual. Devs quit all the time, but we're seeing more of it. Like they just give up because they can't make the token succeed. And I think platforms like Leaves, platforms like mine, platforms like others, Crypto Queen, and many others, we want to help. Because at the end of the day, we're all investors too. So hopefully this has been a very exciting, very informative episode for you. Definitely check out beliefs because I think you'll be amazed at how he's able to break down in the coverage. And if it's a token that you follow, he's probably already talked about at least once, especially if it's one that's well known. And there's many that he's covered that I haven't and vice versa. So as you get more sources of coverage that you review collectively, you'll be able to start to make your own decision for your own portfolio because we can't tell you what your situation is you might have a lot more money than we do a lot less money than we do you might be in a country frankly that doesn't have the the flexibility necessarily to go all in but there are opportunities and we do our best to try to identify strong opportunities where they make sense at the end of the day it's all risk all cryptos are risk and we have to learn from the past where cryptos have had issues and then kind of move it forward from there that's all i got for you here folks We will be back on Thursday, and again, on Thursday's coverage, our hope is today's uh, recording will be with one of the tokens that reached out, and if we get them on the show, we can do the recording. That will air on Thursday's episode, so you don't want to miss that. We will do somewhat of a passive update, probably out of cycle, just to let you know if that's going to go forward, because if you are anticipating it, we don't want you to be let down. So if it turns out it's not going to happen, or if it is going to happen, we'll do an out-of-cycle update just so you're aware so that you can dial in on your podcast application of choice, or again, iTunes or Spotify. Always check in at cryptotalkradio.net for our latest platform availability. We'd also appreciate it if you would spread the word. If others you know of, maybe they're just getting into crypto, maybe they've been in it a while and need some source information for their research. However, we'd appreciate the shout out. Send them to cryptotalkradio.net, let them know. You don't have to install anything. You can pretty much use any device you choose outside of a smartwatch, and some smartwatches actually do support it. We just don't provide direct support, but as long as it's able to hit our host and launch a web link, it can probably work. So share out CryptoTalkRadio.net for anybody else who might benefit from this information. If you go through our YouTube channel, we have other coverage there, some of which is exclusive to YouTube. Check that out. Like, share, and subscribe there. Everything you do to spread the word helps us grow. And as we mentioned, the podcast is going through some changes, so when we get down closer to the March timeframe, and again, we're not giving a date, but March, that's when we're going to do some more updates to let you know how we're doing with the move, which should not disrupt you any, but we're excited for it because it positions us to provide more content and more structure. And if you like episodes like this one, it allows us to provide that because it is work. We spend a lot of time to put it all together for you, and we do our best to try to make sure it's quality information. Ultimately, it's up to you how you interpret the information, And if you have anything that disagrees with something that we covered, please submit the form at CryptoTalkRadio.net let us know. And we are happy to provide any corrections. Take care and we'll see you on Thursday.